just didn't know what I had as a musician because a lot of what I do is I, I kind of um, figure out who I am in relationship to the people I'm working with. That's Grammy Award-winning violinist Hilary Hahn. She's here to talk about her new album, which releases today on Deutsche Grammophon, called Eclipse. Hi, Hilary Hahn. Hi. Thanks so much for joining me here on Classical K-Bach. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, congratulations on an incredible new album. I wanted to start by saying that I love the cover, the photograph, the shadow, your earrings. It looks very (laughs) high art to me. Did you choose or plan a specific look for the cover? I love a good pair of earrings. And um, yeah, I think that the whole experience that I had making the album just made me want to just really connect with the viewer so and with the listener. So I just really wanted a simple background, um, no complicated thing, and just looking straight at the at the person on the other side of the headphones <laughs> who is listening to the album because I think the process of connection is is really reviving. But in the course of the past few years, when live concerts haven't been as readily available, there was also a lot of connection happening um, across a lot of barriers. And so I just think it's important to to reconnect as best we can in every moment. And it just happened that the lighting created a shadow. And then it happened that the word that came to me about the entire album was... um, eclipse that sort of summed up so many different layers to it and we happen to have this uh this convergence (laughs) of visuals and and uh summary of the whole thing and so i don't know it just kind of all came together well it was a really striking photo so i had to ask well you Um, can't plan these things the more i plan what the cover is going to be the less it works and so i just kind of have to see you know show up with the idea that i just want to look at the person on the other side of the camera and that's it and then we see what we get (laughs) this album is really big and emotional but like in a happy joyful here i am world kind of way And I know you set out to create this in alignment with live performances back in 2019 before everything changed. So what frame of mind were you in when you started recording? I did a lot of the preparation for the recording by myself in my own practice space. And they're really big pieces. They're big ensemble works. They're really significant musically. There's a lot of energy that they require, and they're also emotionally very connective, um, very expressive. So you have to be all in with these particular pieces. And I don't know if a lot of people have heard a violin part on its own. It really is not the whole concerto by any means. It's just a part, and it is yet a part that's supposed to, people assume is going to carry the piece, but actually it's just the front of the piece and there's this whole engine of power and activity around me as the soloist when I'm working with orchestra. And all these pieces have different ways of approaching the orchestration, different ways of approaching the harnessing of energy and the releasing of it, and different ways of approaching the interaction between 
the players. So it really took a very solid, long-time, varied collaboration um, on the part of me and the orchestra and me and the conductor and the conductor and the orchestra to sort of ace that experience um, straight off off the bat because we had very little build-up to it. We just, I arrived and I had a few days and I went from being on my own for so long to being part of a recording, but not just a recording session, but live performance that was being recorded. So it was really a now or never kind of situation. You had mentioned having fears about it just because you'd spent so much time alone playing and rehearsing. So how much did the orchestra or Andreas Orozco Estrada have on the performance or, or dissipating those fears? It's funny. This is something I I talked about with my agent recently because she was also talking me through this or I was talking it through with her listening for for hours back when I was um, trying to figure out what to do. And she has been hearing from other artists that they're going through a similar emotional process, but at different times in their readjustment to performing. And so it just proves to me that the more we tell these stories that are the emotional stories behind being a musician, um, the more musicians will feel less overwhelmed by these experiences when they do happen, less frightened, less um, desperate. <laughs> and I, my experience was that I just didn't know what I had as a musician because a lot of what I do is I, I kind of um, figure out who I am in relationship to the people I'm working with. And I test where I am. I test what I'm doing against what they're doing. And I push the limits and try to figure out how to be the, the most communicative, most unified um, ensemble possible as with me as a guest artist coming in for just two rehearsals and then we we perform together. So in this case, what I was uncertain about was just how do I know? <laughs> how do I know that this is going to work? I don't know. And that was, it was scary, but it was also, um, it felt like an impossible choice because if I took the huge risk of pinning everything on these performances when I didn't really know my bearings, there was a good chance that I would not achieve anywhere near what I thought I could achieve. And it would be really, um, I guess, disappointing, to put it mildly. Um, but if I canceled the project, which is what I thought I should probably do as a responsible musician, not not being sure, I didn't want to waste people's time or energy or fail at my goal, um, or like fail to communicate the the music and everything that I love about it. If I canceled it out of fear, then I wouldn't be able to reschedule the project. And the project was super meaningful to me. It was exactly the right people to work with. I had been so looking forward to it. It was the pinnacle of a season that had mostly been canceled. It was what remained. Like if I had to look at the season and say, if I save one thing, <laughs> what do I save? And it would have been that. But is it some? Is it even what I think it is? So that was the, that was the very emotional debate I was going through, and I was facing a lot of of self doubt. So I am fortunate that some of my best colleagues are 
some of my closest friends and we can actually talk about honestly what's going on, um, you know, behind the scenes and also in the music. And I think that being able to talk it through with uh, with my friend Andres Orozco Estrada, who is the conductor for this, and also with my longtime agent and with a couple of other friends who understood what I was going through, it really helped me to just face my own sense of risk and, you know, where's the value in risk? So I decided, let's do it. <laughs> and I felt empowered because I knew that it was my choice whether I engaged with the risk or not. But ultimately, when I got there, people would have my back. When I look at the album and see Dvorak, Sarasate, Ginastera, I'm reminded of how they love to intertwine folk music and how we connect through the stories and how they get passed along and um, how they spread. So was there a specific piece that kind of brought you back to life after isolation? The first one we did was the Dvorak. And when we so that was the first trip. <laughs> that was the first trip I made to Frankfurt. And at that point, we were live streaming for a virtual audience. And it was actually my first live streamed concert because I had been out of the performance loop during all of the adaptations and live streams and pre-recording and, you know, the compilation recording where everyone was in the little boxes <laughs> playing their parts and just making such an effort to reach out. And so this was my first performance in that situation, even though the orchestra had been doing it for a long time. And even in the rehearsal, the just the first chords, if you listen to the Dvorak concerto and imagine that I had largely been the only musician in in my household, in my practice space for quite a while. I had had a couple of weeks of orchestra stuff, but they'd been few and far between and not in a normal seating arrangement. So it was also very, um, it felt very isolated, even though we were together. In this case, everyone was finally sitting in a more normal formation and it was nice for them as well. And just imagine this wall of sound with the beginning of the Dvorak concerto. I think I just started grinning. It's just like, yes, <laughs> here we are. Da -da -da, -da -da, da -da -da and there's such a buoyancy in his writing. I think that is informed by that folk idiom. Of course, when we got to the third movement, it was really energetic and um, dancey and so much fun so validating <laughs> and the earlier movements with their expressiveness it was a chance to really play with each other and for each other and say something before we got to the the dancey bit where we were celebrating <laughs> And what does it mean to you now to be making this music, to be connecting to musicians, making albums, and embarking on a new tour? How has that changed, if at all? These recordings actually pushed me through a bit of a wall I think I didn't know I was putting up for myself. So I really pushed my limits, and I just went all in. And in the past few years, I have been 
going in like the past five or six years, I've been going pretty deep into um, myself, like my own instincts and playing completely, not saving anything, not holding anything in reserve when I play, just opening, 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 opening. And the I was really on that path when <laughs> the pandemic hit and then I was so solitary. And so this was really my make or break moment where I was like, okay, I'm either all in or I'm going back to pacing myself and holding something in reserve. And I just decided I'm going to skate on the edge. I'm just going to go as far on the edge as possible. And in doing so, I broke through to a new sense of self. And it really showed me that this process really tested me and showed me who I was as the mics were running. So that that electric sizzle is all of us feeling that happening for all of us together. And especially for me individually, as I walked off stage after the final note of the Carmen, actually the the album is in the order of the performances, coincidentally. So the final note of the album was that final moment where I really knew, okay, this is who I am. And I've carried that through in everything I've done since. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> and in the intervening time, I have just uh, continued to just, um, it's like a lot of us were starving for the musical core of connection to come back. And I've continued to just savor these experiences and sticking with the kitchen theme. Um, I feel like we've turned the burner up to high <laughs> and it's all boiling. Um, and it's really amazing, the energy in orchestras these days. You throw one little idea in the direction of the orchestra, and it's just devoured. And like it's like, boom. <laughs> and it just starts this whole um, energetic cycle. So the audiences are hanging on every note. And I think all of the time when we were connecting virtually really connected people's emotions between the audience and performers. So... I feel that warmth in a way that I knew was always there, but everyone else is feeling it too. So concerts are really, really special these days. It's honestly some of the most exciting new recordings I've heard in a long time. And thank you. I cannot wait for our listeners to hear the album on the air here. So thank you so much for your time and best wishes on your upcoming tour. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That's violinist Hilary Hahn. She's discussing her brand new album that drops today, Eclipse. She and the Frankfurt Symphony Orchestra are embarking on a brand new tour this month. Stay tuned to 89.5 KBOC to hear some of those tracks. For KBOC's Heart of the Arts, I'm Melissa Green.